Uh, let's, let's jump into the text. I'm going to read this for us. And um, if you haven't been with us the past four weeks, we've been sort of centering our teachings and our, um, uh, you know, the, the things that we've been thinking about at Ethos around this passage of Scripture for the past four weeks. And this is a, a pretty popular passage, even if you're not really a Christian, if you're not familiar with church. Maybe you've heard uh, some of these phrases before. It's in pop culture. It's a pretty popular way because Jesus uh, teaches his disciples, his closest friends, how to pray. And this is some of the words that Jesus gives them. And Jesus is also wanting to teach us how to pray um, with, this, with this passage. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, starting verse 9, going through verse 13. You can follow along with me uh, in your Bible. Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also uh, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in tempta- temptation, but deliver us from evil. So over the past four weeks at Ryman, uh, at TPAC, and at TSU, where we've sort of gathered all together as a community, we've looked at different facets and different angles of, of this prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray. And, and kind of ask the question, okay, God, what do you want to teach us out of this? Um, what more about who you are do you want to teach us from, from this prayer? And so just to recap for you a little bit, that, that first week we looked at that idea that God is our Father. That's how the prayer begins. Um, our Father who is in heaven. You know, how does that change how we pray? What does it mean for God to be our Father? And, and all these are on podcasts, so you can go back and listen to those if you're interested in diving a little deeper. But that first week we, we looked at that idea. What does it mean for God to be our Father? And then the next week, we sort of changed gears a little, a little bit and, and considered what it, what it means for us to be vulnerable and authentic in our prayers. There's another point in the scriptures where Jesus is praying before he goes to the cross. And he, and he prays deeply uh, for God to change his circumstances because they're really difficult. And Jesus is so raw and honest and authentic with God. We, we sort of considered, okay, what does it look like for you and I when we pray, not to pray just out of ritual and kind of uh, inauthentic fake prayers just because that's what we should do, but what does it look like for us to bring our real lives and our real feelings and our real emotions before God? That was kind of how we centered around week two. And the next week, we moved on through that, that Lord's Prayer where um, it continues and says, well, your kingdom... Uh, be done, and would your will be done? Where your will your kingdom come? And, and that's how Jesus finishes the prayer when he's when he's saying, "God, I, I want you to change my circumstances because they're really hard, but but not my will. Will your will be done?" And, and, and that next part, we, we just thought, okay, God is about God's glory. He's about His plan and His kingdom in the world, not not about us and our glory and our plans. And then finally, last week, we we looked at that that last part um, before today's text where Jesus teaches us to pray that we would ask for earth basically to look like heaven. Would would your kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven? We considered what that might mean for our racial and socioeconomic diversity, even in our community, Um, how how it would look for the peace and the reign of God in heaven to come into our individual lives. And so this is kind of how we've moved through this text so far. And today we're going to conclude the series by considering these last few phrases that Jesus gives us, where he says, give us today our daily bread. Would you forgive us of our sins? And would you lead us away from temptation and, and the evil one? And, and I just want to point out, right as we begin talking about this, the contrast between the beginning of this prayer and the end of this prayer. 
So right at the beginning, Jesus is praying, you know, God who is in heaven, you know, this eternal supernatural being who is in heaven, what is your kingdom? It's like, what, what does that mean? That there's a kingdom in heaven. It's just like big abstract thing. Would it come on earth? And would your will and ways be like in our lives? And there's these big ideas, and these deep things that we were trying to wrestle with and God trying to get these into our lives. And, and I love that today there's this contrast. There's a shift where Jesus gets so near and so intimate with us and, and talks about our day-to-day lives. Uh, give us today our daily bread. Uh, would, you, would you forgive us of our sins because we've, we've messed up, we've missed the mark? Uh, would you help us defeat temptation in our lives? And, and I love the contrast between this big, all-powerful, hallowed or respected or honored God who's also near and close and cares about our everyday needs. That's what Jesus is beginning to teach us here. So I want to begin just by talking a little bit about daily bread for a minute. Um, The point of Jesus telling them to pray for daily bread is not that they would pray literally for bread. Like if that was all you prayed about, that would be like, I don't know if I would be pleased if all that I got in life was just one bread a day, one piece of bread a day. But that's not what he's trying to teach the disciples here. It points to something much deeper, much more significant. So if, if you were with us last semester, we looked at this story of the Israelites in the Old Testament. And this is sort of the history behind this, this text of praying for daily bread, where uh, they had exited Egypt out of slavery. God had delivered them out of slavery. And they're in the wilderness, in the middle of the desert. They don't have any food. And, and they cry out to God for food. And God provides one day's worth of food for them. He says, okay, I'm going to provide for you today. So this, this metaphor of daily bread goes much deeper and points to this powerful message of God's provision for God's people. And that's what he's pointing to, this, this deep message of provision in, in the wilderness. And um, even today, I think bread represents kind of the same thing for us, provision. You know, if you think about in our culture, um, you know, in a, in a marriage relationship, or either the woman or the man, whoever, you know, makes the majority of the salary is called the breadwinner, right? Uh, you, you provide for the family, right? You, you are the breadwinner. It's kind of this picture of needs and provision being met in your life. Um, even in our culture, you know, you think about some of the slang, people use bread to refer to money or dough, right? It's just pre-bread. That's all that is, right? So, so, you know, even in our slang, there's this sort of idea that bread represents provision and, and uh, our needs being met, right? So there's what Je- I think what Jesus is trying to teach us here is that when we pray, we come to God in humility, recognizing that we need him to meet our needs. Uh, we, we need him to be our provider, we need to go to him every single day to sustain us. And I love that he asks, or he tells us to pray for, for one day, just like the Israelites. So this is not praying for a whole year's worth of bread. This is not asking for God to, you know, uh, provide everything we need for the next five years. Uh, perfect vision to where my life is headed and all, all the needs I have emotionally. God is giving us uh, the promise to meet our needs today. And again, if we go back to the story of the Israelites, um, there was a moment where they tried to gather and, and get more food than one day. And God shows them that it was pointing out their distrust in who, who he was and his character because they weren't quite sure if tomorrow he would provide more bread. Um, he would provide their needs tomorrow. So they, they would try to hoard and, and gather as much as they could to control their lives. And so I think Jesus is teaching us this day by day reliance on him to provide for what we need. And for many in the world, this is a literal request to God. You think about people all across the world living in poverty, many of whom are believers in Jesus. Even in our city, many people every day wake up and don't know where their meals are coming from. 
And so this is a very literal, physical prayer for them. God, would you provide my daily bread? I need you to provide for me. But for others of us that have never had to pray that prayer like, like myself, I, I think this prayer goes deeper into the emotional and spiritual aspects of our lives as well. And I think we get a clue in on that because of how Jesus continues the prayer. So he says, so forgive us of our sins, uh, forgive us of our debts, uh, and, and would you lead us away from temptation and the evil one? So I, I think Jesus is showing us there's this day-by-day reliance for God to provide, and it includes this need for grace. It includes this need uh, for relying on God for forgiveness and strength uh, to walk away from sin and to walk towards Christ. And so there's this, um, this whole package of, uh, of us leaning on God for uh, our dependence, that he would be our provider. And, and I love this contrast that we, we've talked about. So the big, glorious God, who cares about our needs, who cares about our everyday-to-day lifestyle. And we need to come to God constantly to rely uh, uh, on him for the things that we need. So, you know, sort of just thinking this week, um, you know, how does this get into our lives? You know, what does this look like for us to take, you know, this prayer that we've been praying and considering for the past four or five weeks of, uh, of, you know, God, would your will be done in our lives? And would, would we ask for daily bread? And, and the, the passage from John 15 that maybe some of you are familiar with came to my mind just to kind of add a, another nuance to this conversation. And you don't have to turn there, but I'll, I'll just tell you what Jesus tells the disciples. He's uh, probably out on a journey with them, walking along the road like he often did when he taught. And you just picture like Jesus with his friends, like walking down the road and there's a big tree. And I can just imagine Jesus saying this, and this is kind of a paraphrase of what he's saying, but he says, um, I am the tree or I am the vine and you are like these branches on the tree. If you remain or abide in me, um, you'll bear fruit just like this tree. But if you're separated from me, you can't do anything and you'll die. Um, and, and Jesus is pointing us to, uh, what, what Jesus is pointing us to there is this reinforcing of a reliance or an abiding, or some of your translations say a remaining in Christ for our life, for our sustenance, and so that we can grow or bear fruit for Christ. So here's how I want to sort of tie up all of this as we close out this series. Uh, and, and then I want to just give us a little extra time for some reflection and prayer together. Um, so uh, we're ending this season of fast forward. You know, a lot of us in the room, if you've been with us for the past month, have, have tried to take some steps in regard to prayer or fasting. And, and I just want to give us an encouraging word about what Jesus might want to invite us to going forward. You know, some of you have changed up the rhythms of your life a little bit. Uh, some of you have given up food in some capacity and, and tried to pursue intimacy with the Lord during those times. Some of you fasted from social media or TV or a variety of things. And uh, the whole purpose of that is so that we could focus on more intimacy with God, right? And I was just thinking about this in relation to um, like a diet, like Whole30. Who's familiar with Whole30? Um, and isn't it just the worst? I've tried it so many times and I always end up backing off to some easier diet. It's like, I'll do that one that's like 21 days long, and <laughs> way easier. But it's this whole picture of uh, saying no to a lot of different types of foods for 30 days and it's supposed to cleanse your system, right? And you have like new habits and new cravings, right? And you know, you're not supposed to like pizza anymore and there's all these promises they make and it never works. And, but, but the whole purpose of it is not so that you can like say no and like diet for 30 
30 days. And then on day 31 and for the rest of the year, you're just like strictly Jets pizza and McDonald's. You know, it's like, that is not the purpose of Whole30 at all. Some of you are like, that's why you diet, Larkin. You eat healthy for 30 days and then you can eat whatever you want for the rest of the time. You're like, I don't understand the metaphor here, but I think the purpose of, uh, of a diet like this is so that it changes some of your life after you finish. So you have different cravings, hopefully. Uh, you, you give more energy and time to like healthy meals that actually nourish your body in a more healthy way. And I think spiritually, uh, it can be really similar coming out of a season of, of intentional time with the Lord, like we have been in. Um, the, the purpose of this is not, okay, day 30 is done. I'm going to go right back to everything uh, like it was because, um, you know, the season is over or, or whatever it is. Um, I think the purpose of it is to um, say no to some things for a season so that we can re-engage with those things in a more healthy way when we return to them. And some of you may, maybe didn't participate with us in, the, in this way, and that's totally okay. But I, I want to give us all sort of a picture about what it might look like for us to take a step with the Lord, regardless of how, how you interacted with uh, this season of fast forward. So I just want to give you a, a few examples of, of people that I've talked to and what this might look like for you going forward. So I talked to someone this week who uh, fasted from social media and they were just talking to me about the ways that it changed their uh, day-to-day life. And instead of getting on social media, they they would try to just say like a 30 second prayer and just spend some time with the Lord for a moment. And and they just talked to me about how their sense of worth and identity had changed because they weren't constantly comparing themselves to someone. They're like, I used to like every moment in my day, I would just idle moments would be devoted to comparing myself to the highlight reels of other people's lives. And it was so hard for me and I didn't realize it. And I've just sent such a security in in the Lord because I haven't felt that sense of comparison as much. And I was just like, man, that's that's so great. How silly would it be for for them to be like, you know what, this this just self-worth has been so great, but I really just prefer this deep inadequacy that I get when I just (laughs) indulge in social media all day long. It's like, no, it's not the point of doing this in the first place. And that doesn't mean you, you say, okay, I'm just going to quit social media um, f- forever, right? Because it, it's not bad in and of itself. But, but I wonder what Jesus might say out of Matthew 6 or out of John 15 to someone who's coming out of a season like that. I think he might say, hey, keep coming back to me for your daily provision of identity, uh, for forgiveness of where you put your worth somewhere else. Keep, just like keep coming. Or John 15, he would say, hey, remain in me. Like keep abiding in me. Don't, don't quit uh, this, this sense of identity that you've gotten from me just because a sermon series at Ethos is over, right? So that's what that might look like for someone like that. Or, or maybe you did some type of food fast in a season like this. Some of you did, some of you didn't. But you know, something I've realized in this season is, man, I, I look to food for comfort a lot. I mean, when, I, when I've had a bad day or I'm sad, I'm like, kind of want pizza, like pizza is a theme. I think you're seeing throughout the sermon, it's like Jets pizza is like on my mind a lot, but you know, it's, it's this whole idea of, you know, that I, I look to things in life other than Jesus for comfort. And, and I've seen that revealed in my life. Or, or I felt like food is something I'm always entitled to and that it's sort of something that I earned rather than a provision of daily bread from God. So, so what does it look like for us, uh, for those of you that might have fasted from food at some capacity, to re-engage in maybe a normal rhythm with food in a way that your mind is a little bit different? You approach it with gratitude and thankfulness, and, and you, uh, you thank the Lord for it, but not looking to it uh, for comfort and for uh, our satisfaction, right? So how, how do we re-engage? So you might say, okay, what does it look like for me to adjust my rhythms a little bit to every once in a while, reminding myself of this? And okay, I may try and fast for one day, once a month, or uh, you know, what, is it, what might the Lord be inviting you into? 
to say, hey, remain in me. What I've been teaching you about pursuing me for your comfort is not something I want, to, want you to stop feeling and stop knowing. Like keep, keep coming to me, keep looking to me for your daily bread in that way. Uh, one more thought that, that I had, and then, then I'll lead us into a time of communion and prayer. But uh, some of you took some steps in regard to, to prayer this month. You know, we kind of challenged our church, hey, would you pray every day? And we had a prayer calendar and there's some different ways that you could interact with that. And, and some of you took some steps in prayer this month. You spent more time with the Lord. You prayed with your friend group for the first time. And, and I would just encourage you, um, remain in God. Like keep abiding in Jesus. Keep coming to him for your daily bread. Um, and and don't, don't just shift everything back to the way it was because uh, the, the 30 days is over. Um, but to be honest, um, some of us may have had really lofty goals, maybe. You know, you might have said, okay, I want to do this much prayer and I want to fast in this way. And it might have seemed like you just didn't really measure up to your expectations. Uh, for me personally, um, I didn't have like epic breakthrough with the Lord. I, I tried to take some big steps with God, but um, it didn't really seem like a lot changed, right? I, I don't know if, if you experienced this in any way. I've heard some amazing stories of people who did experience some significant breakthrough in their lives, um, in their walk with the Lord. But you know, I think for me, it's like all that may have happened is I got a little bit better at saying no to some things that I normally go to for comfort and like trying to redirect that towards the Lord. Like I got a little bit better at it. I wouldn't be, be so boastful to say like, I just like, I'm all about this now. I can just totally turn to the Lord. I, I took a baby step in this. And I was feeling a little shame about that this week. I was like, man, I like tried really hard at this fasting and praying thing. And I don't know how much I saw growth. I don't know if any of you are there. And one, one of the other pastors at Ethos, his name is Brandon. He was just like encouraging me this week. So I was sort of down on myself. And he was like, every step in the kingdom is a big step. There's no small step for, towards God. Every step is celebrated in heaven. Uh, so, so pay attention to the ways that, that God has invited you deeper and, and keep going, keep remaining, keep abiding, keep going to him for your daily bread. Keep going to him for forgiveness of your sin and for strength against temptation. Like keep, keep going, keep walking. So I don't know if that it, it, um, resonated with any of you this uh, this morning, but I just wanted to encourage us in that way. And, and lastly, just no matter how you experience this season uh, with us as a church, some of you, this, this was kind of a tough, like, I don't really know how to do this. It feels forced. I don't know how to enter into this season of prayer and fasting. And it was tough and met with resistance and difficulty. Some of you were like all in and it was easy and fun and you experienced a lot of joy. Uh, regardless of where you are on that spectrum, um, all of us have the opportunity today and going forward to just take a step with Jesus to continue taking a step with Jesus, to, to um, make some changes in our life or continue some changes we have made uh, towards relying on Jesus for our daily bread, uh, remaining in him, abiding in him so that we can have life and see fruit and growth in our lives. So um, this is what I wanna do for the next few minutes is um, I'm gonna ask us in a moment to stand up and get communion. And then we're gonna spend just a few moments reflecting on this past season, um, how, however involved you were with it or not, um, just to consider, okay, um, what might Jesus be inviting me to, to keep in my life permanently? Or, or if you didn't interact with this season very much, okay, God, what, what step do you have for me today? Is there a new step you want me to take with you? Is there some way that I can rely on you more fully uh, for my daily bread, so to speak? So um, I want to invite you to stand uh, and you can kind of come to the middle and go to the communion tables and get communion and come back to your seat uh, and hang on to the, to the bread and the juice and I'll lead us through just eight or 10 minutes of uh, reflection and prayer. So let's go get communion and then I'll continue leading us.
So one of the things that Jesus uh, teaches us to pray is uh, give us today our daily bread, right? And uh, week after week, we come to the table uh, of communion and we get the bread and we get the juice that represents Jesus' body and his blood. And we reflect on what it means for Christ uh, to have given his body and shed his blood for us. And I think today, um, you know, we can, we can take this bread in a little bit more intentional way based on what we've been talking about and, and sort of consider this in a more intentional way about, uh, okay, Jesus, how can, how can I make you my daily bread? Um, what are you inviting me into? So I wanna invite you to, to take the bread. I'm gonna pray for us and then we'll take, take it together. Um, Jesus, thank you for uh, forgiving of yourself uh, so that we can know God. I thank you for your body, which represents um, just uh, the ways that you were sacrificed for us. Uh, I, I pray that this would represent uh, just a step that we want to take with you today um, to make you our uh, daily bread, that we would trust you for our needs today, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, and that you would allow us to rely on you uh, in humility and independence. Uh, we love you, Jesus, and we ask this for your name. Amen. Let's take the bread together. you to hold on to the juice for a few minutes. We're going to pray and reflect around this idea for a few minutes. Um, you know, we talked about how Jesus instructs us to um, ask for daily bread or daily provision because he knows what we need. And uh, I just want to encourage you, this season of prayer and fasting that we've been in, um, it, it can just be the beginning. It doesn't have to be the end of anything. And I think Jesus might be inviting us um, into some deeper waters to continue doing some things, to start doing some things. So I want to encourage you over the next couple of minutes um, just to reflect on, on this question. Um, how will I come to Jesus on a daily basis? How will I come to Jesus on a daily basis? Maybe that's been in some of the ways that you've been choosing Jesus in this season of prayer and fasting. Maybe it's a step you want to take that uh, God is inviting you into today. I want you to take about two minutes just sort of reflect on that. And then um, if you feel comfortable, I might invite us into just a time of communal prayer after that. So let's reflect for a few minutes. continue reflecting personally that that's that's totally okay you can just kind of keep your head down and keep praying and, and that'll just signify to those around you that you want to continue reflecting personally but um, I also want to encourage you if you're comfortable just with somebody next to you or maybe some people you came with 
Uh, I want to invite you to share whatever God might have been uh, revealing to you over the past couple minutes. You know, how am I going to come to Jesus on a daily basis? Maybe you don't know. It's okay to say that. <laughs> I'm not really sure yet. You need to think about it or pray about it some more, but you can say that if you need to. But um, I want to encourage you just to share that briefly. And then next to just pray with each other and ask that God would give you the grace and the discipline uh, to keep coming back to Jesus on a daily basis. So um, we're going to keep playing some music and it's like kind of soft and spiritual music. And <laughs> you be like, oh, I'm supposed to whisper and be quiet. Like you can talk for the next, you know, two or four minutes, just kind of share with one another out loud uh, and, and just kind of share, okay, this is what I think God is inviting me into in the next season. And then, and then spend a few minutes praying out loud together for grace and discipline to continue coming to Jesus daily. So let's take a moment and share. more moments to finish up your conversations and, uh, and pray together. Father, we come to you today humbly. Um, we proclaim that you're all we need. Just like we sang earlier, um, Jesus, uh, we ask that you would help us to see what, whatever step you might be inviting us into to uh, just make you our daily bread, to remain and abide in you so that we can have life. Would you help us to take steps, Holy Spirit? Uh, would you give us the grace and the discipline that we need to just keep coming back to you, to keep remaining in you in the ways that you desire for us to? We ask this for your holy name. Amen. I invite you to take the cup. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the next part of the, the prayer that Jesus prays is, he says, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. 
And in this part of the prayer, Jesus is leaning into the, the propensity that we have just to choose other things over God, to indulge in things of the world instead of really running to, to Christ and the intimacy that we can have there. So um, I want to invite you to take, take the juice out in front of you and um, just repeat this prayer after me. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for your blood poured out for my sin and the sin of the world. Let's take the cup together. I invite us to just pray and reflect around this idea for just a moment. Um, You can continue to do that with the person that you've been praying with if you'd like. Again, you can just kind of reflect personally if you'd rather do that as well. But I I want us to just pray for a few moments that that the Lord would give you victory um, over sin and temptation in your life, one day at a time. Uh, so, so we're not asking for uh, strength to overcome things for the next 10 years. We're, we're asking for, for just today. Um, what is the thing today uh, that you really need Jesus to help you overcome, really need Jesus to help you uh, trust in him for? Uh, and I want to invite you just with somebody next to you just to pray for the strength, for the forgiveness, for the grace uh, to, to have victory uh, over those temptations. So let's take a moment and just pray for, for two or four minutes, and then I'll pray and, and we'll continue in worship. Father, we, we ask for forgiveness uh, for the ways that we have um, not lived for you and your ways. Um, God, I have such an inclination to choose me over others, to choose um, indulging in, in things that I want over uh, pursuing intimacy with you. And uh, God, I and we, we just ask for forgiveness in that area. And Holy Spirit, we ask for uh, just the, the strength to overcome temptation in our lives over the areas that the enemy wants to tempt us um, over the areas that we often choose sin and other things before you and over you. God, forgive us and help us, Holy Spirit. Um, lead us not into temptation, but lead us towards Jesus and towards intimacy with you. Uh, would you deliver us, give us strength to overcome the enemy and the evil one that, that tempts us. Uh, God, we, we trust in you for our strength today, uh, not for tomorrow, not for next week or next year, but for today. Holy Spirit, give us the strength we need. Uh, We ask this for your loving name. Amen.